Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved with helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Lori Shaw. Lori is the owner of Professional Pet Sitting, and for over a decade, Lori has long understood the importance of environmental enrichment for cats, as well as making interactions with pets free of fear and stress. This knowledge is vital as she is a leader in the area of helping families with pets who are receiving palliative and hospice care, and bridging the communication gap between them and their veterinarians. She's committed to raising the bar in the industry and understands the importance of mentoring her colleagues. As a contributor for several years on AnnArbor.com and MLive, she elevated many issues regarding pets, especially those surrounding the human-animal bond. These days, her writing can be found twice monthly on her blog, Animals Unfolded. Lori, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thanks so much, Stacey. It's great to be here. So uh, I just was wondering if you could share with us how you got started at being interested in animal welfare and and cats specifically. You know, it's interesting. For 20 years, I owned a residential and commercial cleaning service, and that was kind of my entree into caring for animals. I would have clients who would go out of town for the weekend or would be gone for longer periods. And because they trusted me and they already had a rapport and I had a rapport with their pets. And along the way, they realized I had a lot of knowledge about pets. They asked if I would be interested in keeping an eye on them while they were away and staying at the house and things of that nature. And a few years later, I had decided to close up the cleaning service and do pet sitting full time, which was something I had started to do on a part-time basis for other folks, including my clients' friends and family. And I made a full transition into pet sitting, and it's been over 10 years since I've been doing that. So while you've been uh, doing the, the pet sitting, you have discovered a lot of information about how to care for pets and how to par- care for cats. And you talk about this human-animal bond that you've really become aware of. Was it through seeing all these different houses? It's sort of like, I feel like pet sitters get to kind of peek in the windows mm-hmm. of all these yeah. lives of people and animals. And I'm sure you've probably seen it all from good to bad, but was that sort of your discovery period? You're right, exactly. I think a lot of pet sitters can say that same thing, and I think that we have a very different vantage point than, say, families veterinarians because they see the medical side of things, but they don't necessarily see what's going on at home. So I got to see the interactions between pets um, of all species, but mainly cats, because they stay in the home all the time. So it was interesting to see the the interactions between people and the problems that they would start to have. And not so long ago, we really didn't know a whole lot about how to resolve a lot of these issues. So I'm really glad to say that nowadays we have a lot more options, we have a lot more knowledge, and we can do things in a way that accentuates the family's relationship with their pet and, most importantly, the human-animal bond, which if it's damaged or severed in any way, that's when the problems really tend to snowball. One thing I've I've had 
many pet sitters over the years and I've had many cats over the years and I've been very dependent on quite a few pet sitters that have uh, very good sort of medical knowledge because I've had mm-hmm. quite a few aging cats on a variety of different medications. If folks are thinking about hiring a pet sitter, are there things, specific things that we should be looking out for? Absolutely. Whether it's in terms of health or behavior, a lot of those things are tied together. And I think that's what there's a big misconception that they're not. In fact, over this past week, I just had a situation arise where a cat has started to become quite aggressive towards me in a multi-cat household. So it was hard to tell where that was stemming from. And at this point, we don't really know. We suspect that it's likely that it's a medical issue. So given that, in my dialogue with the clients, I called them right away. When upon their return home, they're going to be taking him to the vet to have a medical evaluation to see if there's anything going on that way. And then they can proceed to implement maybe some behavior modification with the help of maybe a veterinary behaviorist, and then also maybe using some nutraceuticals. So I think there's, like I said, there's a big misconception that it's one or the other, and sometimes it's both. And we have to do a lot of sleuthing. So pet centers can do a lot of things that maybe pet owners can't. They're not quite aware of things to look for. Looking inside that litter box. I always say it's like reading tea leaves. <laughs> you want to know what's, how many stools you're going to see in there on a daily basis, what those stools look like, how many urine clumps. Are there any urine clumps? Are they urinating outside the litter box? If we're seeing that, we can tell there's something going on because cats cannot tell us verbally what's going on, but they're very good at communicating in other ways. So having a pet sitter that understands animal behavior in that way, even on a very basic level, can be really helpful for the family. I often see older clients, as you said, um, or geriatric cats that have renal insufficiency, and I'm usually the first person to start to notice those changes. And that may be something like harder stools because of the dehydration that occurs with the kidneys that aren't functioning as normally. There might be some spit up or some vomit right outside the litter box, which occurs pretty frequently with renal insufficiency. Inappetence can have some nausea along with that. And just overall malaise. When their appetite goes down, that's a signal. And that can be really hard for some pet owners to really pay attention to because they're so busy with other things. So when I see a problem, I don't have a problem speaking up right away and letting my clients know. And I do urge my colleagues to do the same thing. In the uh, chat that we had before we started the interview, one of the, the topics that was of great interest to you and as being a pet sitter and seeing all of this activity going on in the home You know, are there signals, we were talking about pet relinquishment, and are there things that you see with the clients that you serve with the potential that they may be interested in giving up their pets, or are there certain topics in that area that you've seen over the last 10 years that have really um, shown you why people have to give up their pets? It's really complicated, you know. A lot of people face an issue with, like, inappropriate elimination with their cats. It's a very common thing, and that is the number one reason for relinquishment or or pet being rehomed, a cat being rehomed. And that can happen for a lot of reasons. It can be because of illness. It can be because they're just not feeling well. It can be a behavioral issue. There could be a a stray cat roaming around outside that makes them very upset, and that's how they are kind of manifesting their displeasure. But for the most part, the top reason is feline lower urinary tract disease. And it's a kind of a complicated medical issue because there are different theories of why it exists. 
there's no like single symptom of this besides urinating outside the litter box. And in an article that I had written and I interviewed Dr. Liz Bales of uh, the originator of the Noble system, we talked about the necessity for enrichment for cats. And that is the number one reason they think that inappropriate elimination occurs aside from illness or maybe a urinary tract infection. And the needs of cats in that way are only becoming more understood in the recent years. So I'm glad to see that. However, it makes me cringe to think how many cats have been bounced around from home to home to home. So when I see that for the first time and I start to see them peeing outside the litter box, I say something right away and I say, let's get a medical exam first to make sure there's no infection. And then let's talk about some enrichment because not every cat's the same and they require different forms of fun and play and enrichment. So with that in mind, there are endless options for that. But getting to the root of the problem first is key. Pop Cats, the celebration of cats meet pop culture, will make its electrifying debut in Miami Saturday, October 28, 2017 at the Miami Airport Convention Center. The curated show will feature a ridiculously adorable cat lounge, visual artists, inspiring speakers, art installations, and the makers of the most innovative products of the cat universe. PopCat's core mission is to raise awareness about cat welfare efforts by crafting an experience that mixes entertainment with advocacy. A portion of proceeds will benefit the Cat Network, a cat-centric not-for-profit organization with over 20 years of service in South Florida. The convention will welcome an invasion of cat lovers, curious spectators, and pop culture fans to a scene flooded with music and immersive art installations specifically designed to ignite shareable memories. The exhibition floor will also grant visitors the unique opportunity to meet national and international talent that have grasped the fascination of the internet community. Highlights amongst the speakers are fervent rescuer Tumblr's meme librarian Amanda Brennan, Lorenzo the Cat photographer Joanne Biondi, and Shark Tank presenter and Apollo's Peak Pet Beverages founder Brandon Zavala. A giant bubble cat lounge will also be a can't-miss feature at PopCats, where attendees will be able to interact freely with an irresistible herd of adoptable cats brought by the Cat Network. For more information and tickets, please go to www.popcatsshow.com. If you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love Community Cats? You can help with emailing groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of Community Cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. I find that pet sitters, people, they're on the front lines. I feel like mm-hmm. they get to take the temperature of the household. How frustrated are they with the challenges that a cat would be providing, you know, whether it's scratching on the couches, whether it's inappropriate elimination, whether it's aggression, or whether it's just confusion and frustration about a medical situation. I mean, a kitty mm-hmm. in the household becomes diabetic and people start freaking out 
because, yeah, yeah. you know, they're faced with the, the, the concept of needles and all that other mm-hmm. scary stuff in the house and kidney disease with giving fluids and that kind of thing. And, and mm-hmm. I'll be the first one to say I've been in this business for over 20 years. And, you know, the first person I'll call is my pet sitter. And I say, can you help me give fluids, you know, because I'm kind right. of squeamish around needles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So they're really the first supportive character that comes into the house, you know, to help with rectifying the situation. So pet sitters really need to have access to a lot of support and information. And you used the word in your bio, you used the word mentoring. And Mm -hmm. what specifically do you think of for mentoring in the industry that you're in? My main area of focus is not only serving the needs of cats that have some special needs in terms of maybe their health, but their behavior but also the geriatric population and cats that are in their end of life in hospice, because that's when they need the most care. That's when they need the most tending, the most handling. And what I'm finding is that I get a lot of phone calls from families who say, my pet sitter ditched me. My pet sitter doesn't know how to do this. They don't want to deal with this anymore. So my colleagues are not feeling as empowered as they should. And I try to give them as much information. I try to mentor with them and ask them, where are your comfort zones in terms of dealing with X, Y, or Z? Because I think the first problem that we have in the pet sitting industry is that we're very judgmental about how clients might be dealing with the situation, if it's behavior or health related. And the fact is that people are scared. When they first learn of a diagnosis or, or that animal-human bond has been damaged because they can't deal with the, the urinating outside the box or the aggression issues um, anymore. The first thing I ask them is, where do, where do you think you're doing right? And a lot of pet sitters don't think of that stuff. I don't think they feel empowered enough or knowledgeable enough to understand those issues. And I just say, get as much information as you can, get it from the right places, and then you are the broadcast to get it out to everybody else, especially those people that really need it. It's like you said, we're working in the trenches. So we're seeing all this stuff that nobody else does. And again, we also we empower the pet owners, the pets, and we empower the veterinarians to be able to do their job. Yeah, and I think that what you're talking about in that collaborative and supportive network, I mean, really valuing a pet sitter and mm-hmm. and understanding that you are there for many reasons and you have access to a lot of resources could prevent a huge amount of potentially not so good decisions. I mean, even Mm -hmm. the concept of I've got a stray cat in my backyard that just had kittens under the woodpile, you're able to provide ideas, thoughts, resources in that arena too, to help folks with preventing that litter to become 30 or 40 cats eventually. That's right. I think a lot of people don't realize how quickly cats can reproduce and they don't understand the hierarchy of a cat colony too or even just a small grouping of male and female cats, mostly one male. And they're always very surprised at how quickly that can happen. So once they get the figures on that, they tend to think, okay, how can I stop this from continuing? Right. Right. Many of the smaller nonprofits are all, I would say all animal rescue groups and nonprofits really should put special effort into networking and collaborating with anyone who is doing pet sitting in their community, Mm -hmm. because to be able to work together, you're going to be able to be so much more proactive in the community and getting resources. So say you're dealing with a, with a client 
you know, that has a cat that's in renal failure and the person cannot handle the veterinary bills. The local shelter or animal rescue may have some resources that they can help provide, pay some of those veterinary bills so that that cat's not going to end up being relinquished into a shelter, which is really the last thing that cat needs. My soft spot, when cats over the age of 10 were surrendered to the shelter, that was my soft spot. I always... Mm -hmm brought those cats home. And I know several other people that are in that same situation wanting to bring those older kitties home because shelter life is just, no matter how nice you make it, it's just not the best place for them. And so I would bring them home and foster them. But if there's something we can do even before that to prevent those cats from coming through our shelter doors, then we should do that. And we can do that by collaborating better between the shelters and the pet sitters so that they can get it early and, Mm -hmm. you know, get the attention and the resources into the home as soon as possible. Right. And I think the biggest thing too is to have good communication with your veterinarian. And if you don't like your veterinarian, there are lots of really good ones out there. And I always suggest to people that if you have a cat with renal failure or some really special needs and a little bit older, don't hesitate to contact the hospice vet because those, those folks, they are great, not just with hospice, but with internal medicine and things like that and senior care. They know how to deal with geriatric pets. They have that specialty. And they often have a really broad network of people that they work with. that are specialists that can say, what about this? How would this do? And, you know, veterinarians can be kind of creative with their treatment plans. They can make them affordable. And that's another one of the things that I focus on. And that's something I had just posted on Facebook yesterday as an example. I have one cat who requires twice daily medication because of a condition called hyperesthesia, and he's on gabapentin, which must be given twice a day. And it was very difficult to medicate him. He would become quite upset, and he would run, and he would hide. And that just enhances the side effects and the symptoms of his disease. So I was able to come up with a plan to make it easier to medicate their pet. And these days with compounding pharmacies and the like, the, the options are quite limited. You know, there's no limit to them. So helping people understand that there are more options for medication administration, when people realize that, that becomes much less stressful. And in a lot of cases, I find people are able to keep their pets. Yeah, and that, that's really the objective for us to encourage people to, to keep their pets and not feel like they have to give them up. So, Lori, if folks are interested in finding out more about either your blog or the work that you're doing, how could they reach out to you? Well, I'm on a lot of social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, of course, at facebook.com slash Lori. I'm also on my blog at Animals Unfolded and on my website, laurieshaw.com. And I'm also on Twitter at PSA too. And Lori, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? When it when it comes to a behavioral issue or a health issue, don't hesitate to contact your veterinarian. They can be so integral in helping you find creative ways. There are a lot more nutraceuticals in the market today that don't cause side effects. There are a lot more ways to enrich your pet's life to help them make the best of every day that they've got. And when your pet, this is the biggest thing, when your pet ends up with renal failure, renal disease, remember that it's a very slow progression and you've got lots of time left. Don't panic, hang in there and just follow their lead. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I think it's one day at a time. You just focus on one day at a time as, as your kitty ages. 
I've had several cats between the ages of, you know, 18 and 20. And I know many people who've had cats that are in their 20s. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one one day at a time and do the best for them each day. So that's right. Lori, I want to thank you so much for uh, being a guest on the show. And I hope we'll have you back on in the future. I love to do that, Stacey. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats Podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats.